Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. Jesus was a first-century A.D. Jewish preacher and religious leader. He was a Galilean Jew from the Roman province of Judea in the Middle East, situated on the southeastern shore of the Mediterranean Sea and the northern shore of the Red Sea. To better comprehend the historical Jesus, let's take a closer look at the origins of Judaism. The Jewish people believed themselves to be descended from a tribe that lived in Canaan, which is normally understood to be an extensive area in the eastern Mediterranean encompassing most of modern Israel, Jordan, and Syria. In the days of the patriarchs, Abraham, his son Isaac, and Isaac's son Jacob, it lay between the great Middle Eastern centers of civilization, Egypt to the south, Mesopotamia to the east, and the land of the Hittites to the north. It was a natural corridor for both trading and invading armies. The Jews believe they are descended from Abraham, who became the father of a great nation. God made a covenant or agreement with him and promised him a land flowing with milk and honey. It is for this reason that the land remains crucial to their understanding of themselves. Jews are often described as people of the book because they base their lives on the Bible and, as such, hold in special reverence the revelation of God in Torah. Torah is often translated as law, but means instruction or guidance. Torah is contained in the first five books of the Bible, which, as well as history, contain the 613 commandments fundamental to Jewish life. Jews believe God gave them to Moses, the prophet who led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt in about the 14th century BC. They include ritual laws, rules of hygiene, and moral laws. Jews believe that the laws form part of a covenant relationship with God. As his chosen people, they should keep them all. This does not suggest superiority to others. The role of the Jews is to bring other nations to the knowledge of the one true God. Of the 613 laws, the Ten Commandments, said to have been inscribed by God on stone tablets, hold a central place. The tablets, kept in the Ark of the Covenant, built in Moses' time, were housed in the temple in Jerusalem. In Hebrew, Messiah means the anointed. Of old, Kings were anointed as a sign of their divine election. It was believed that God had chosen King David and his descendants, but when there ceased to be kings in Israel and the land was dominated by foreign powers, hope persisted that God would send another king like David to right all wrongs and put an end to earthly wars. The king would make a covenant with the righteous and kill the wicked, and his arrival would end history and establish God's kingdom on earth. For many centuries, the Jewish people have remained faithful to this vision, and the belief in the coming of the Messiah is enshrined in their liturgy or worship. In modern times, the expectation has faded in some quarters. Today, for some Jews, the founding of the State of Israel has proved a substitute for the old hope. For others, the true Israel cannot exist until it is inaugurated by the Messiah. For many, the traditional hope continues. 
The holiness and majesty of God evoke worship and prayer. After the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, the sacrificial rituals that could no longer be performed were replaced by prayer in the morning, afternoon, and evening. The liturgy, or prayer service, is described as the service of the heart. It includes the Jewish declaration of faith. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And a series of benedictions that use the formula, Blessed are you, O God, King of the universe. Attaching oneself to God through prayer is the ideal. A 13th century Jewish philosopher stated, Whoever cleaves to his Creator becomes eligible to receive the Holy Spirit. Ideally, set prayers are recited in a group of at least ten men. Prayer can take place at any time and in any place, but throughout the Jewish world, the synagogue, derived from the Greek word for congregation or assembly, has become the center for worship and study. Three times a day the faithful attend formal services, classes take place, and the buildings frequently include communal offices, social halls, and accommodation for visitors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The education of children is a primary duty of parents. Scripture contains many references to the process. You shall teach the commandments diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. If children are to grow into pious Jews, it is considered essential that they know the 613 precepts of the Torah, the Jewish law that, according to the book of Exodus, was given to Moses by God, and are familiar with the many opinions and interpretations of them. Holiness therefore requires learning. From ancient times, Jews were conspicuous for their education. Literacy was universal, at least among men, and schooling began at an early age. Boys learned to read Hebrew so they could study the Bible. Later, they moved to Aramaic the language of the great 6th century Babylonian law book, the Talmud. In the past, the holy books were the sole subject of study, and it was not uncommon for young men to continue their education until their early twenties. Today, most young Jews do not embark on such an extensive religious education, but the tradition of respect for learning has continued. The majority of Jewish young people expect to be educated to at least graduate standard. Kabbalah is the name given to Jewish mystical knowledge, originally transmitted by word of mouth. 
Within the great treasury of the Talmud, the law book of the 6th century A.D., there are hints of mystical speculation. Stories are told that indicate how these doctrines were kept secret, as it was believed that such powerful knowledge should be restricted to a small group. It was said that the hidden name of God should only be revealed to a man who is modest and meek in the midway of life, not easily provoked to anger, temperate, and free from vengeful feelings. Perhaps the most famous mystical work was The Divine Splendor. This was compiled by a rabbi of Granada in the late 13th century, but is set in the early 2nd century. It purports to be a treasury of ancient knowledge, and it explains God's relationship with the world in terms of the attributes of God from which he created the universe, known as emanations. There were ten of these, and they were often portrayed as a tree, as concentric spheres, as a man, or as a branch candlestick. These doctrines were not intended merely as a theoretical system. They emphasized that human action had an effect on the higher world and that, through serving God, the pious soul will achieve union with the divine. As a result of their history of dispersion and exile, there are Jewish communities in most countries of the world. Over the centuries, different customs have developed in different communities, and although Jews have a strong sense of being one people, there are also many divisions between them. In addition to national distinctions, in the early 19th century in Western Europe and the U.S., some Jews wanted to update the tradition and adapt it to the conditions of modern life. This was the start of today's Orthodox movement for the traditionalists and the reform for the modernizers. Traditionally, Jewish life is measured by the regular weekly day of rest, the Sabbath, and the annual rhythm of the festivals. The Sabbath begins on Friday evening and ends on Saturday night, and the Jewish year has approximately 354 days. So although the festivals always fall at roughly the same time of year, the secular date varies. According to the book of Deuteronomy, Jews are to celebrate three pilgrim festivals each year. Three times a year all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place which he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of Booths. These feasts are connected with Israel's history and the agricultural year. Rosh Hashanah, or the New Year, and Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, are times for reflection, repentance, and prayers for forgiveness. Lots and lights celebrate the saving of the Jews from particular perils. And there is a modern innovation, a rejoicing at the creation of their political state in 1948. Various ceremonies mark the stages in a Jewish lifetime. Traditionally, Jews have lived within their own communities, distinguished from their non-Jewish neighbors by their religious practices. They ate different food, observed different festivals, and in the Middle Ages wore different clothes. Through these distinctions, the Jews managed to maintain their special identity. If one was born into the community, one expected to be educated within it, to marry within it, to raise a family within it, and to die within it. All these life cycle events were marked by special ceremonies, emphasizing 
Jewish uniqueness. Through the rites of passage, Jews learn to identify themselves as members of the chosen people with special duties and responsibilities. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body which decreases as we age. Taking Calitrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calitrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y using the code 30605.